Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Episode 400. We're still at it. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. She had secondary (laughs) FOMO. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I am busy and not to be disturbed. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. No one's buying tickets and the show stinks. Hello, everyone. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're going to talk about this one thing is actually going well. That's what we're going to talk about. (laughs) We've set the bar. I feel like week (laughs) after week, our expectations, Amy, get just that much lower. I'm like, let's find literally one minute of the day where we weren't miserable. I think this came out of you and me just talking about... I need one thing that is actually going well. I need to focus on that. And then I said, oh, let's do it. Let's ask the listeners what's one thing that's working for you right now. One good thing. Well, I'll lean in with my thing right off because but basically what happened is that my sister and I were chatting early on when this all started months ago. And I said, oh, the Indigo Girls are playing on Facebook tonight. And she said, oh, yeah, I saw that. I'm going to watch. I said, well, let's watch it together. Like, let's FaceTime while we watch the Indigo Girls concert. And so we ended up getting like a drink and sitting down. And we basically watched the Indigo Girls play. And then we would mute during the songs and listen to the songs. And then we would chat in between. And we just did it again. I guess they do it like weekly, but we haven't watched every one. But we watched it again the other night. And I said to her at the end of it, I was like, this is actually enjoyable. (laughs) This isn't like, I'm not even grading on a curve. This is actually enjoyable. No matter what circumstance I was in, sitting and having a cocktail, because the Zoom is not enjoyable to me. I'll do it because I'm trying to keep in touch with people. But like, I look at my own face, it looks weird. Someone tells a long, boring story, and you're kind of stuck making like, I'm trying to listen face. It's not actually enjoyable. It's a workaround for quarantine. But chilling out, having a beer, listening to the Indigo Girls play like my favorite songs that shaped a decade of my life. And then occasionally just goofing around with my sister during the breaks for one hour, actually enjoyable. It actually works. All right. I have two clarifying statements that I want to make. One is that, yes, this isn't, here's how to get through this horrible time without it. You know what I mean? It's not like, here's a band-aid for right now. We were asking, like, what's something that you love that you would totally keep doing, right? Like what's something that's really working for you right now, not just well enough, but working. And the other thing is apparently, I knew you could turn your video off on Zoom, 
but apparently there's also a way to turn off your video so you can't see yourself, but everybody else still can. I had no idea that was a thing. Oh, now that's a win because I was going to say, I can't turn off my video because people would scream like, we can't see you, but you can turn off. Well, I did also learn on a Zoom that there's a feature on Zoom that's like improve my appearance. Do you know there's a little box you can check? Oh, I use it. <laughs> I, use it. I was like, oh my God, I need that box so badly. Let me find it. And then Amy, much to my chagrin, it was already checked. Oh, oh, the pain. <laughs> like I went to be like, oh, thank God I can improve my appearance. And then it was like, this is as good as it gets. Sorry. That is improved appearance. That was a tough day of quarantine. It is. No, it's hard to look at yourself as much as we all have been doing on Zoom. So yes, I will figure out how to do this and I will put it up on all the social media for you guys because I think this is news we can use. Zoom is imperfect, but having a beer with your sister and listening to the Indigo Girls, that's because nobody's expecting anything of you appearance-wise. And I feel like as we're on this topic, what makes this thing work is that the expectation of Zoom it's just very unnatural. We've said it before. If there's 12 people on a Zoom, normally at a cocktail party, you'd talk to two of them and then you'd walk over and talk to another three of them. And then maybe you'd chat with one of them for 45 minutes. The Zoom is like, now everybody wait. Okay, now this person is telling a tale. You may or may not have heard it already, but there are maybe some of the other eight people have it. Like, it's a very unnatural flow of conversation. And then it ends up a lot of people talking over each other. And then it's like, we can't hear you, you forgot to unmute. There's just a lot going on on a Zoom that is not the natural flow of conversation. But the concert is it really does kind of duplicate the natural flow of being at a concert, which is that you sit and drink or snack while the person is playing. And then while they're doing their patter, you turn to your friend, in this case, my sister through a camera lens and say, oh God, I remember I was dating this guy and that song and we had this whole thing. Oh, good times. Oh, they're back. <laughs> so it does really replicate the experience in a way that regular Zooming does not. It's like color commentary between the plays and you're, it's limited. That's why it works. We did it also one night with Netflix where we all watched a movie together with my family. And that was, I would say, less enjoyable, but not non-enjoyable. Well, let's talk about we have a couple of different categories to talk about. So I think since we've kind of led there anyway, these are things that people, our listeners are doing with a socially distanced friend, relative, et cetera, that are actually really working for them. And they're awesome. Solid. Let's hit it. Justine says one of her best friends lives in Rome. So clearly, like, here's the point. They will hopefully keep doing this when this is over because her best friend's still in Rome. They're using the house party app to chat and play games with each other. We play heads up and let's draw which is like a Pictionary wannabe, and it's such a mess, and we just laugh so much. I haven't done this yet, but I am very board game over Zoom curious. Okay, I'm going to say, not to be controversial, that Justine is my friend in real life. I don't know who this friend of hers in Rome is that she's having such a good time with. She's not. Her best friend lives in Rome. <laughs> I mean, her BFF, I guess Justine and I need to have a little talk about the status of our friendship and where I rank. But Justine is totally the bomb when it comes to like, she's an innovator for like fun quarantine stuff. And so I have not gotten on, what is that app called? Headspace? No, what's it called? House Party. House Party. I haven't gotten on House Party, but she and I play virtual beer pong and we don't drink beer. We just play it. It's a little app where you send beer pong back and forth. And again, 
I don't know. It just cheers the day. I'm like, oh, it's my turn. And I hit the little thing and there's archery. There's like different games and you just text the turn back and forth. Am I saying it's actually working? Like it really makes my day complete? No, but it is like a hum of human contact in the background of my day that I would say I enjoy. I'm understanding something for the first time, which is in order to have like fun social distance with a friend, you need to have this shared activity, even if it's stupid, right? Even if it's just listening to a concert or playing beer pong, that isn't, so how's it going? I know, it's weird. I don't know. It's so hard. And you're not talking about that. Well, that's the thing. Because if you're talking, that's all there is to talk about. Amy and I were talking the other day. That's it. Because even, I mean, we do twice weekly Zooms with my family, once weekly Zooms with my in-laws. And it is a little bit like, we're at the point where the question, what's up? Like, nothing's up. Like, what are we talking about anymore? And we still enjoy checking in and seeing each other. And we have a beer, people come and go. There's enough people that someone usually has something going on. You know, there's something to share. But I was saying to Amy the other day that I got on a call with a work colleague of mine who I haven't seen. And there's been kind of some developing news about work and other things. And I sat outside, it was a beautiful day. I was having a little snack, sitting outside in the sun, and I chatted with him for 45 minutes. And I thought, why is this the most enjoyable conversation I've had in months? And it's because there was news. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you seen the news? It's like the meme. It's like a hobbit. And he's saying, it's like he's pulling his cart and he's saying like, tell me what news from outside from the grocery store right right and it's like the joke is like this is what you do when someone goes to the grocery store but that's exactly what it's like i hadn't talked to him where are you where are you quarantining oh i heard news about people we work with here i'm sharing it with you and the problem with talking to people you talk to regularly like friends or family is there is no exchange so putting the secondary activity in it kind of helps like oh we're communicating but it's not just like how's it going awful. How about you? Terrible. What's the worst part? Oh, this is the worst part. But this is also bad. Me too. Like that's turning out not to be great. All right. I'm going to try this. Kate has another good idea. She says, my sister and I live in different countries, but we do a video call every night and we do a live workout or a YouTube workout together. Neither one of us are fitness types, but there is something delightful about doing it together. We've been doing this every single day. This is the good part. It sends a signal to my family that I am busy and not to be disturbed. I'm doing a workout and I'm on a call. (laughs) She does it after dinner, which avoids Kate's least favorite parenting part of the day, bath and bedtime. Score, Kate, score. Even your sister, you need like the separate activity. I am going to try this. I love the Zoom workouts. I've been doing yoga three times a week, rhythm yoga on Facebook, and it's a small Zoom group. And there's just a little bit of like, hey, hi, everybody. Oh, you're outside today. There's just a little bit of conversation, but I haven't done it with my nearest and dearest yet. But what a good idea. I feel like we have in just this brief time we've spent together so far, solved a major riddle. Secondary activity is key to the Zoom. Mm -hmm. I also want to say, since I have a sister named Kate, that if you're following the Facebook group, you will see that my original post saying what a great time I was having with one of my sisters on the Indigo Girls concert site thing, set off a major controversy on the Facebook group starring both my sister and Amy's sister, who swooped in to besmirch us both for doing fun things with the wrong sisters. And so we just need to take a moment out of the podcast to publicly apologize to our sisters who we were not including in the fun and assure them that soon we will send them beer pong invitations and 
online bridge and we will invite them to yoga zooms and everything will be fine again because my sister is threatening to write a book a tell-all <laughs> what was it called what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood crying behind the scenes the untold story of the sisters <laughs> and we want to prevent that from happening and so or maybe we don't we're pretty bored or maybe we don't maybe it would be a smash hit we wouldn't get any of the revenue, though. That's just like a tell-all book about us. The thing that was so funny to me was that my sister, who is totally the justice warrior of like, you know, who's getting more in our family, was mad that she kind of mad that she wasn't invited to your Indigo thing. Like she was, that wasn't even me. She texted me about it. Like I wasn't on that either. She had <laughs> secondary FOMO, secondary FOMO. She had yes. thirdary FOMO, basically. It wasn't even secondary. But anyway, we'd love all of our sisters and our family members equally, and we will find fun things to do with all of them. I will say my sister, who does not have kids, who's writing the tell-all memoir, my kids have really enjoyed just randomly FaceTiming her. And she's a great participant in terms of like, she's very willing to have a three-minute FaceTime where my kids are like, look at this weird thing I found outside. And then she's into it, and then they hang up. And that's been a great outlet for my kids, which is just, they're able to just reach out, show her one thing, and get off the phone. And that's kind of how they roll, and she rolls with it. And it's so awesome. I got to give her, I'm not just trying to fend off the horrible book. I'm really giving her props. That's another piece of this riddle, it's occurring to me as you're saying this, that for us, for kids and for us, you can call your sister and be like, hey, look at this. It's so weird. I just saw a frog. Okay, bye. You know, it doesn't have to be one half hour of family time where you can't get off the Zoom because it hasn't really been long enough, even though you're out of things to say or nothing. Because I'm always saying to my kids, call Nana, you know, call, why don't you call your cousin? And they you know, of course, resist everything because they're kids, but I think they feel like it's a whole thing. And even I am like, let's set up a time to Zoom. Maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. So I did a question of the week about this where someone was saying just this, that like they're having a conflict with their family member. I'm going to assume it's a mother-in-law just based on the context of the call. And they're having these very fraught FaceTimes with the kid who's like, you know, the grandma is kind of screaming, you know, look at Grammy and the kid's not doing it. And it just feels like really unsatisfying all the time. And the advice I gave in the question of the week, and it's what we do, is like two nights a week when we sit down to dinner, we just dial in, you know, Nana and Papa, or we dial in my dad, or we just dial someone in. Hey, how's it going? We're having spaghetti and meatballs. What are you guys having for dinner tonight? Great. And often, Sometimes we don't talk the whole time. It's not about like news of the week. Dunk, 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 dunk. Okay. So I got an A on my exam and I, there is no news. We haven't done anything, but it's just kind of like a passive participation. So you're actually having dinner. Yeah. And they're not eating. We don't make it formal. And like often it doesn't last very long. And then sometimes they drive by and they jump in and, ah, or they, you know, come in the background and do stupid Fortnite dances. And in the beginning I was like, let's shut that down. That's not the proper way to act on the call with blah, blah, blah. And I've started to be like, okay, this is life now. Like, I hope you enjoy this Fortnite dance that goes out in the background while we're eating dinner because that's about all I got to offer. Sorry. Or not sorry. Uh, yeah, exactly. I did a Zoom call yesterday with my sister because her four little boys, I really miss them. And it was, it was like, cuckoo bird, you're a cuckoo bird. I mean, it was chaos, but, and I know I'm not going to have a meaningful conversation with her, but all I want is to see their little faces. And I don't care if they're being cuckoo and silly. And it was like a 10 minute call and to do a little more of that, a little more often. And I don't know, like I'm chopping onions. How are you? Let's just <laughs> chop onions together. 
Keep it bite-sized. That's the thing. And I'm doing something else. It's not always like, let's sit and stare in each other's weird faces on a screen and try to come up with something to talk about for 45 minutes when literally is nothing going on. And like, we're going to talk about the same six things again and again. How about instead, when I see my kid using the bike helmet that you bought him, I just dial you and look, he's using that great bike helmet you bought him. Wave. Okay, bye-bye. Great to see you. And we'll do that three times a week versus trying to do the like theater production of Abel's family is a good family once a week that no one's buying tickets and the show stinks. So good. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the things that are working for people just for yourself all alone. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different Different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, we're back. Amy, what are things that are working just for yourself, all alone, all by myself. I want to apologize for some reason on the quarantine podcast, I can't stop singing. And it is, it's not unsightly, it's uneardly. Yeah, I had a Peloton instructor who was like, I sing too much, and I need to stop doing that. <laughs> I just, apologize. It's just a thing. I wanted to talk about these because especially for somebody who's a little more introverted, or who has the little kids at their ankles all the time, figuring out something that you love to do for yourself and by yourself right now is a totally valid and important part of life now and going forward. So Lillian has rediscovered her garden. She says, I'm out there before coffee, after lunch, before bed. I'm micromanaging. I'm looking at every leaf. I'm dusting soil off sprouts. And I'm bursting with pride when one put on wee baby peppers. I still kill indoor plants and flowers, though. I'm glad to hear that, Lillian, because I have... 
I think it's called a black thumb. I'm not sure if that's like the opposite of a green thumb is me. I think we usually say a brown thumb because a black thumb implies that you have some sort of horrible disease, but a brown thumb. <laughs> a gangrenous thumb. <laughs> yeah, a black thumb sounds like you should get that looked at. A garden always seemed to me like something I dare dream not of because I can't keep you know a fern in the corner alive, but sounds like if you have an outdoor space, which is nice, that gardening is available to you. I feel like quarantine is passing me by because I loathe both gardening and baking. And that does seem like the things that are bringing my fellow humans joy. But I will say this may be, it's whatever the equivalent of non-PC would be in like the gardening world. This may be like non-approved gardening technique. (laughs) I do find if I go to Home Depot and buy like a basil plant, I can usually remember to water it and I put that outside and then I have some fresh basil and I feel like a gardener, but I don't know. What is enjoyable about gardening? It's lost on me. But if it is, right, then you discover it. I think she really rediscovered it during this time and it's working for her. Oh yeah. I just, I'm jealous of people who are into baking and gardening because I find them both tedious and annoying and I wish I could find a solitary activity that I enjoyed during this time. So far, it's elusive to me. Yeah. Beth is enjoying mowing the grass, she says. (laughs) Again, like, guys, this is supposed to be stuff you're actually enjoying. Maybe you are. Are you really enjoying mowing the grass? She says it's her mommy alone time. I listen to podcasts and no one is asking me for anything because I'm busy. Needless to say, our yard has been perfectly manicured. I mean, I get it, I guess. I mean, it is... I was talking to someone yesterday about scuba diving, which I haven't done. I've only done once in my whole life, and I've only done it not recently, obviously. But I was saying I was afraid when I did it that it was going to be like claustrophobic and horrible, and I wouldn't like it. And I didn't love it. But what I did like is that it was full sensory overwhelm. Like you can't think of anything else. You have to think about like how you're breathing. You can't hear anything. You're under the water and there's like fish swimming by. And so I had the sensation of, it's not for me, but I totally get it. And I feel like the lawn mowing, although it seems like a strange parallel to scuba diving, it would have that same satisfaction thing, which is it's slightly dangerous (laughs) and it's fully sensorially overwhelming, especially when listening to a podcast while doing it. So if you're not, I have trouble meditating, like I have trouble getting to that place where I'm not just thinking about the laundry list. And so I found the scuba. I was like, oh, I get it. It's you overwhelm your senses and then you can't think about other things. No secondary activity. Yeah, you can't have the second. You can't really think about your problems when you're operating a dangerous mower and also listening to a podcast. Like you're really in a different world. And it's sensory because you're also getting cut grass smell. I see it. I get it. Right. And there are pretty lines in the yard. I have a friend. We did do a spontaneous FaceTime. My daughter and I, the other day, we call her and she answered and she was on a lawnmower. And she was like, sorry, it's hard to hear me. Like, we don't have to do this right now. It was, I think she was so happy to see us. She's like, no, no, it's good. And we were like, no, let's hang up. You can definitely call us back. But she was happy. We have, everybody has those people in your life who will answer a FaceTime. Anytime. Anywhere. And they're like, oh, sorry, I'm driving down the speedway. I'm like, no, no, I'll call back. This is not necessary to have this conversation right now. Yes. There's an option where you just don't answer. It's like, we always joke about my husband and I that someone's going to answer. be like, I'm just in surgery, but what do you need? It's like, no, 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 don't answer. Marin has one. This was on our Instagram page at What Fresh Hellcast. She said this, and I kind of feel this a little bit. She said, I have decided to dress up. 
I'm a teacher and a mom of two kids, so my go-to work and weekend clothes are stretchy and capable of lots of crisscross applesauce, washing, stain treating. Before I had kids, my closet was colorful and fanciful. Then I started dressing in more practical clothes. But now that I'm spending most of my days in my backyard, I invested in some truly beautiful sundresses that make me feel like a real human again. They help me feel beautiful and are a joy to look at, even if they're covered in mud and Play-Doh. I kind of have gone this way. I have no No. reaction to this. I'm shocked. (laughs) I'm stunned into silence. No, I kind of, I mean, I definitely did six to eight weeks of pajamas all the time. What's the point? And definitely no makeup and, you know, never drying my hair and really sort of, you know, just going for that. Like, that's the last thing we're going to do. It is the end of days. Why would you, you know, style your hair? And I think it's now I'm sort of like, first of all, I'll give you a little secret. A comfortable dress. I'm going to predict that I don't want this secret, but okay, go ahead. A comfortable dress is really comfortable. Like the idea that like you have to have on, you know, shorts with a button that are maybe a little bit too small on you as opposed to a long flowy dress, which is like a nightgown that you're getting to wear all day. It's not necessarily less comfortable or harder. A dress is one piece of clothing and a shirt and sweatpants is two. <laughs> so there you go. It's half as much clothes. Not appealing to me in any way. That's all I have to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did have to get dressed up for something yesterday. I participated in a very, very socially distanced event. And I didn't get dressed up, up but I put real clothes on and I don't miss it. I do not miss it. I do agree that like... There's something gross about the fact that we're basically so bad. We're like sleeping in our clothes, like picking them up off the floor. We're pretty on the gross side of this. And I do think it's mentally not great. But the idea of putting on a dress and makeup is not appealing to me in any way. It's like I thought that walking around in pajamas all the time would never get old. And even that has gotten old. I guess it's like maybe it's about like like I'm just going to I'm going to dress. What do they say? Like dress for success, like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Right. Dress for the life you want, but then you go and your life still stinks. I don't know. (laughs) It's not appealing to me. Nothing's for everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. But I do also see it does remind me a little bit of like when I had my maternity pants, my sister-in-law came after I had whatever, a six week old. She was like, you should put your maternity. She's packing them away. I was like, no, I need those. I still have like a giant belly from giving birth. And she's like, yeah, if you don't put them away, you're just going to grow into them. And I'm having a little of that problem in coronavirus. Like I'm kind of growing into the yoga pants at this point. And so I do see that maybe getting dressed in regular clothes would help just normalize a little bit, you know, the discomfort of eating too much every day. But anyway, (laughs) to each their own. Kate has one that I have totally joined myself. I've switched over to feel-good-only types of shows on Netflix. We had dance moms going in the background in my sort of living room kitchen, one big space. And I finally had to say to my daughter, because she really, dance moms is like 10 minutes of beautiful, interesting dance numbers, you know, by adolescents who are around my daughter's age, and 20 minutes of like real housewives type screaming at each other about whose daughter has a solo this week. And it's just, it's silly because it's pointless. They're clearly like doing it for the camera. Like there is no conflict. Let's just scream. And I finally just had to put the kibosh in the whole thing. Like the, what's outside is toxic. I cannot feed my soul with this. And I don't want you doing it either. Like nobody yelling at each other on the TV. And so we switched over to Fixer Upper and it's, oh my gosh, it's so much better for my blood pressure to have that burbling in the background while I'm cooking. 
Yeah. My husband and I have always had like a show. Like our routine is basically we get the kids to bed and we watch one show and we go to bed because we're old locks. We were watching right before the pandemic broke. We were watching, not Homecoming, what's the Claire Danes? They're like terrorism stuff. Homeland. Homeland. And we like that show. And the acting is phenomenal. I love her. I love Mandy Patinkin. But we haven't picked it up at all since this started. And we have completely moved over to a show called S's Creek uh-huh. that I cannot say the first word of, or we will get a bad rating on podcast uh, explicitness. And it is so wholesome and so silly. And we're soaking in it, Amy. We're just like, and we used to watch, because it's only a half an hour. We used to watch before this one episode of that and one episode of Homeland. Like, oh, we'd watch our serious show and then our light show. We've moved all into, we're just all light all the time. And there's something particularly about that show. Have you watched it? No, because I've been wondering, can I watch it with a 12-year-old? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how, well, a 12-year-old who's the youngest of three, not a 12-year-old who's the oldest of three. It's a different sitch. Yeah, I hate when people ask me that because I'm always like, I have no idea. Like, I wasn't watching it with a kid in mind. So I'm always saying to people, like, it's totally fine. I don't remember anything weird in it. And they're like, there was that horrible (laughs) scene where this terrible. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that because I wasn't actually watching it with a kid. Right, you weren't, yeah, solving for that. I don't know if you can watch it with a kid or not, but I know for the two of, my husband and I watch it together and it's just... It's funny. It takes no mental effort at all. And then it's just chock full of like sweet moments. And I don't know, it could not be the more perfect show for this time for us. We're loving it. I will say the first, in the beginning, it starts a little bit more like gross out humor and stuff that I'm totally not into. But then it falls into this very sweet family comedy thing. And I don't know, it's delightful. It doesn't even necessarily have to be sweet for me. It just has to be not, yeah, not like toxic, you know, not, it can even be serious in its content. Like I was, I'm watching a documentary with my older kids right now on Netflix called One of Us. And it's about people trying to leave a very strict Orthodox Jewish community and why that's hard and what happens when you leave. And we're having really good, serious conversations about it. It's not lighthearted, but it, Nobody on there is saying, you never took me seriously. It's just none of that stuff. Right. I can't take it. We have a couple more. We just did Unorthodox on Netflix, and it's heavy. Yes. And it's only four episodes. Normally, we watch it one. And we had a couple nights where we're like, eh, let's just go with the creek. Like, we don't need this problem tonight. You know? Yeah. Heavy stuff, maybe, but only when we're up for it, which is, as it turns out, not that often. I'm going to give a shout out. Anna says that she and her spouse have enjoyed some shows via the Nowhere Comedy Club. I'll put the link up in the show notes for this episode and on whatfreshhellpodcast.com because I haven't been to the Nowhere Comedy Club. But she says it's kind of nice to get most of the live show experience without having to pay a sitter and the beer is better. I could definitely see where comedy would be great right now. Mm -hmm. I find my husband and I don't, in fact, the Creek is definitely... The Creek. We're just going with that as the name. Is definitely an outlier for us because I find when we watch comedy together, it's like almost too interactive between the two of us. I'm like, you didn't think that was fine, but it's like a whole thing starts going on between, are you enjoying it? Do you think it's funny? But I could see stand-up comedy being a fun way to go right now. Yeah. Light again. Yeah. Krista says... Dead and Company, sounds like a Grateful Dead tribute band. Dead and Company plays a full show every Saturday. 
one more Saturday night on their Facebook page. Okay, I'll link to that too. She says, we listen to a lot of Grateful Dead around here and it has kid-friendly lyrics, or at least so like confusing you wouldn't understand what they're saying. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's all not kid-friendly, but over your head. I don't remember the Grateful Dead as a kid's band particularly, but I see what she's saying. Yeah. I, they're my kryptonite, but happy. I mean, it's happy and joyful and, you know, would lighten the mood, I suppose. All right. I have something else about that when we get back. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. And now, things moms thought would be fun. From the What Fresh Out podcast. I thought it would be fun if we had a scavenger hunt in the attic. You know what would be fun if we had Aunt Ellen over and she could sit in the yard and we could yell to her from the open upstairs windows. I saw this family on the internet build a Rube Goldberg machine and I thought it would be really, really fun. Wouldn't it be fun if tonight we ate outside on the swings? I thought it would be fun if we could have total and absolute quiet for at least a half an hour. How fun it would be if we went for a hike. What if we got dressed up for dinner tonight? I think that sounds fun. I thought it would be fun if we watched all the original Karate Kid movies. 
I thought it would be fun if you guys helped me match all of these mismatched socks. You know what would be fun? If we called Grammy. That'd be fun. Don't you think? This has been Things Moms Thought Would Be Fun. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Okay, so we're back. We were talking about the Grateful Dead and whether or not they're quarantine friendly. What do you think? I think the trick of the concert is something that you said very early on, maybe the first episode, and people keep saying it back to me now. You got to make Tuesday different than Thursday. You got to make Saturday different than Sunday. Yeah. Have I told you about our puzzling on the podcast before? Yes, only on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. So we only allow puzzling on Saturdays, jigsaw puzzles. It's our Saturday. And it's something to look for. It's Saturday. It's puzzle day. I mean, it's sad and pathetic and lonely and terrible. It is sad, but it's ours. But it's also ours. It's Saturday is puzzle day. You know, Wednesday, we do a new food. Friday night, the kids get taken for from wherever they want, fast food, whatever. And making each day different than the other, I think, and having a destination. Like, it's Thursday. We get to do our Grateful Dead concert tonight. I find the set family Zooms, even though, you know, they're not perfect, but there's something, oh, right, it's tonight's the night we talk to each other. It gives the days some shape. It gives the weeks some shape. I mean, we, you and I have a pretty set work schedule and yeah. it does, it kind of helps. It's like, okay, it's Monday. We're recording the podcast. Okay. Then Wednesday, we got to check this thing. It just kind of gives the week some shape. I think a lot of people who are working really hard don't need this. I know for people who I, my sister's job has gotten so busy since this has started and she's not looking for, you know, fun activities. She's looking for a break. Yeah, even she, Laura Vanderkam, would say, but she needs to schedule. But Wednesday at four, I'm going to go do a socially distanced walk. It's something else, something different. Right. You you need that thing. My husband has been doing a good job with my high school kids who are, I mean, they're busy, right? They're doing, they have school all day at certain times. I mean, it's not asynchronous. Like they're sitting at their desk looking at their English teacher at 9 a.m. And then they have homework. But he's still saying, yeah, but you get out early on Wednesdays. And so Wednesday at 2, what are we doing, guys? He was saying this just last night because we're going tomorrow somewhere. Where should we go? And they're just going to go for a run or whatever. But they, you get the fun stuff on the calendar too, not just the work call. It's smart. And it's like, it's hard to do that. And I'm very impressed that your husband is doing it because my husband and I, our ongoing quarantine war is... He's very good at like playing his zone. You know what I mean? Like catching the ball, running with it. He touched out every time. But being the captain and saying like, hey, you get out early on Wednesdays, what should we do? I'm like, I need a little more help in that realm. You know what I mean? Like being more on the proactive side, I feel like I'm always the idea person. And so I'm always the person who's like, mom's making us hike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you just have to keep asking, right? You have to keep asking and saying stuff. And all of a sudden, they'll be into something. Let's pivot to some of the stuff people are saying they are doing with their kids because we have had some good ideas for with your spouse and alone, which both of which are important and valid, but we have to do, be with our kids sometimes too. And here's some stuff that's actually working that might keep going. One I really liked was Rebecca said she started a YouTube channel and her 11-year-old helped her. <laughs> nice. I find the filming and editing processes creative and relaxing. I love to talk and teach. I'm a first grade teacher, so I'm trying to incorporate both as well as my family. Rebecca, put it up on, on the Facebook group if you're okay with that, because I'd love to see what you're working on. My nephew, he's in third grade. He announced to me last night that he is starting a YouTube channel with his some of his Minecraft work. He thinks the world is interested. And we said, oh, well, tell us about it. And he said, I think I'm just going to call it the channel 
because, I mean, what more needs to be said? It's the one. Right. It's the one YouTube stream content. And the good thing about YouTube, I think you told me this, is your kid can make a channel and it doesn't mean it's public. Yeah. And I have also found after all three of my kids at some point have been like, I need to start a YouTube channel. And one of my kids was like, because we have sweatshirts for the podcast. And he was like, you guys have merch? Where do you get your merch done? Like he's thinking of merch. Like he's got zero follow. He's going to scale quickly. He's got to be ready for all opportunities because <laughs> he's, you know, whatever, gamer H dog 26. And like people are going to want his content. I was talking to another, but now that they're older, my kids are kind of picking up on the fact that like the private YouTube, like nobody's watching it. And they're more into like how many people are watching and subscribing. And I was chatting with a friend and I was like, you know, what I'm finding as both a producer of content myself and a mother of someone who wants to start a YouTube channel, getting subscribers is really not that easy. It's not that big a problem. Like you're really not going to have the problem that 8 million people follow your kid's YouTube channel. There are 70 million kids screaming over Fortnite games on YouTube. Uh. The idea that you're going to attract way too much attention, I think you're safe, as it turns out. Yeah. The channel will speak for itself, however. No keywords necessary. The channel, (laughs) I love it. But I just don't see the channel blowing up while your adorable nephew screams about Minecraft at the top of his lungs into a bad microphone while playing Minecraft. It could happen for him, the channel. I'm just saying I'm not that worried about it. Here's something that has worked for a lot of people that I'm not sure is working so well for us, but more than one person said the board games, that they've loved the board games, that they're going to keep these board games going afterwards, that they're incredible family time. Rebecca, a different Rebecca says, I recommend the game Escape for adults or older kids. Jane says, we played Scrabble for the first time in 10 years. It was a simple and relaxed night of many laughs. Here's what I want to understand, Jane. You say it was relaxed and that there was laughing. I want to know more about that because not in my house. Again, it's like people being like, you know what we love to do to relax as a family? Swim in shark-infested waters and punch the sharks off when they try to bite us. Like, I've never had a relax. I hate board games. I hate competitive games. My husband, who is just for some reason catching a ton of shrapnel on today's podcast, and I apologize because he's just a nice guy, but he's wildly competitive. Like it ruins his day to like lose a game of spoons to our seven-year-old. It ruins his day. Like there's nothing enjoyable about family games to me. And I understand they're developmentally important, but relaxing and enjoyable, you're not speaking my language. I want it to work. I do want to figure out this sort of like, let's play Pictionary with like two other couples and everybody, you know, BYOB and we'll have fun. I want that to work. I think I am the monster here. You know how we were saying that like the monster, sometimes the monster is you. It is me. I'm very competitive, right? And so I think I can get to like, no, you flip the card. I can get there pretty quickly. And I also, you know, I want to be good at something. So I think I'm also easily frustrated by a game. Like we picked this game. Somebody on Facebook said it was fun. So I bought it. I won't say it because I don't want to give it a bad rap. But poor Yelp review. Sorry, guys. The most, the look on my husband's face, the way he was looking at me as we were watching like minute 11 of the YouTube video explaining how to play the game and then you, then the haunt begins. Like it was like, oh no, what have I done? And it just ended with crying and slamming doors. That's exactly it. Everyone loves the games and they're like, no, you just build a tower and then you're trading grain and then the war. I'm like, oh, this sounds like torture. Then again, I had a friend, we were talking about puzzling and I was like, oh, jigsaw puzzles are really working for me. And she's like, 
I would have to be in solitary confinement for a year before I would consider doing a jigsaw puzzle. And she's like, even then, it would only be if I couldn't find like a friendly rat to train to do tricks. Because the last thing I would ever do is a jigsaw puzzle. And it's like that to some people is just torture. Like, why would you sit there and try to find matching pieces? And it's so awful. But I find it relaxing. But I could see playing a board game with other adults, like my friends. And I could see my sister was saying there's like an online gaming thing. You can just Google it. I have their names written down. But it's like, whatever, just Google online games. And it's like you play Zoom. And my one part of my family plays Bridge. And they're starting online Bridge. And I could see games with other adults. But playing games with my kids, it's such a test of my patience. And I fail every time. We put a We built in our driveway a little pickleball court and we made a little net and we bought rackets and we've been playing. But even that, like, it's mostly my son, like, hitting the ball too hard and then doing a Fortnite dance for 10 minutes. And I just find it, it's not fun. It's better than sitting inside, but I would not describe it as an enjoyable experience. You know what are what does work? I, table topics. You know what those are? The, you can order them. They're very easy to find on Amazon. I'll put a link on the show page. It's just a box of questions, kind of like what would go in StoryWorth, which is a sponsor of our show. Table topics is not, but it's like, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? And you, you answer questions and that works with kids of all ages. And it also works over Zoom. I have read like, let's, you know, do a half hour Zoom with the grandparents and we'll play table topics. And it's not, you don't play, there's no winner, but it's just, it gives the conversation some shape and, you know, and it asks interesting questions. I could see that being enjoyable. I could see that working at our table too, because one of the problems we have is like, I now have such an extended list of like, we're not allowed to talk about, you know, Fortnite, movies you've seen that we haven't seen, YouTube celebrities. CDC. (laughs) Well, for me, it's more just like the kids would talk back and forth about like, and then, you know, some guy on YouTube said this. Oh, wasn't it amazing when he said this? And I'm like, this is not dinner table conversation. You got, this has got to go. I could use a few table topics, I feel like. All right. Check your stocking. I might be giving those to you. Aw, I can't wait. When we're still quarantined in December 2020, you mean, Amy? Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's. Episode 400. We're still at it. Womp, womp. Sad trombone sound. My sister, Molly, says bird watching has been the, you know, the one true delight. They have robins who built a nest on the drain pipe right outside their front window. And she has been sending me pictures. It's hard to get a good picture of the babies themselves in the nest. So she's been sending us sort of grainy pictures of the birds, but also pictures of her kids checking on them every morning. Like so into it, so delighted learning so much about baby robins and how they grow and what they eat because it's all this stuff to research and she says it's the leisure to dwell on little things that she wants to sort of carry with her beautifully said and i think that's exactly it we had a long-standing joke in our family about accusing people of being birders like that it was a bad thing if you were a birder and my mother who was technically a birder but did not want to be accused of being a birder as a lifestyle choice You know, we would find like little laminated card that was like guide to Southern Florida birds when they had moved down there. And I'm like, you are a birder. And she's like, I'm not a birder. I just have that. Like, it was like accusing her of, you know, her terrible secret. And then at some point we found she had bought a little electronic handheld thing that replicated the call of certain birds. And I was like, you are definitely a birder. Let's just admit that you're a birder. But she's like, I don't have the little glasses. It was an ongoing debate about whether or not she was a birder. Beth says that something that's really worked for her in this time is she's gotten to know her neighbors better through 
social distancing time than she did when they were actually allowed to stand outside and talk to each other and, and exchange cookie recipes. I don't know. She's developed a relationship with her community through this time. I feel like this is the highly dangerous and annoying realm of quarantine silver linings, which... Yeah, I don't mean this to be a silver lining. Yeah. I don't. No, no, no. I'm not accusing you of such a thing. I'm just saying, like, I understand why it's annoying to be like, well, but some good things have come out of this terrible time because we're not really ready for that conversation. First of all, because the terrible time is still ongoing. And second of all, because no thank you in 80 different ways. But there is no denying that some good things have come out of this time. And, you know, lots of those things are worth at least like giving a glancing thought to. And my kids' relationship is very different two months into this than it was before. Yes. They are working things out. They're a little quarantine, you know, they're doing things together that they wouldn't have done before. They're also fighting 80 million times more. And so... Yes, I would say that the way, you know, my I live in a pretty small town that's always been, you know, a nice town, but suddenly people are like really relying on each other. They're putting together interesting, thoughtful ways of helping people and helping each other. And I mean, there's tons and tons of silver linings. I just think the problem with the silver linings conversation is that you're not quite ready for it and it inevitably leads to for reasons I won't delve into deeply, I saw more people this weekend than I normally would have. And, you know, I feel like the exchange is, how's it going? Oh, you know, we can't complain. It's like, no, you totally can complain. Like, mm -hmm. yes, there are silver linings. And yes, 8 billion people have it worse than you do. There's a million people who have awful situations that thank God you're not even contemplating. But it doesn't have to all be silver linings. It's something I've been struggling with, right? Like if the sun is out where I am and I can be outside and I can go for a walk and I can enjoy something, but should I when there's like all this happening and other people don't get to do this? Yes, it's okay for you to have something that you enjoy and love right now. And if it took this moment to help you realize that you really love cutting the grass, then good for you. Like for me, I'm walking the dog more. That used to be something that I held like, oh, you guys, you promised you would walk her and now we got her and you never did anything. You always give me a hard time. And I really like wore the cloak of martyrdom about that one. And now I love taking her for long walks. It's, it's for me, right? I love it. And if one of the kids wants to join me, great. And if I can be alone, that's fine too. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad for this having turned something that I really dreaded into something I realized was kind of secretly good for me. And there's a million moments, but my husband said it, I thought, so smartly this weekend. He said, you get a bad, bad sunburn just on the top of your feet, and your brother, like, his whole legs get sunburned. You both have a painful sunburn. It's not like, uh. well, I shouldn't complain about the fact that my feet hurt because my brother's whole legs hurt, you know? And I think that that's also healthy and right to keep in mind, that we hopefully can keep working and exchanging ideas about things that are actually working, things, ways that we are finding to be like, this was one great hour, really, really good hour of the day. And maybe six of the hours really, really stunk, not as bad as probably other people's, but for me, they really stunk. And then like six of the hours were kind of neutral. Mm -hmm. But that's how we're going to get through. That seems like a good goal for me. Yeah. So you guys, I think as we always do, but even more so today, should be coming to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. And then you can join the group from there because people are exchanging a lot of ideas 
on things that are actually helpful. People are definitely not being toxic and or annoying and getting in ridiculous debates about things that people feel differently about. They're just there being funny and sharing good ideas. So please come there and be one of those people. I love it. You can also find us on Instagram at What Fresh Hellcast and on Twitter at WF. H podcast. I'll put up some of the ideas today, some of the links like to the Nowhere Comedy Club and the Grateful Dead and all that stuff. I'm going to put it up on our website too, which is whatfreshhellpodcast.com. And as soon as the book is published, we will be putting up a link to What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, Crying Behind the Scenes by both of our sisters. But that book is not yet available. But check Amazon. It could be coming soon. <laughs> pre-order it. Get your pre-orders in now. Pre-order. But any news on that front will be at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Just come over there and check us out. Until then, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Stay well. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.